That's what they say, especially when you're away from home. But was that display by Melbourne Victory away to Western Sydney enough to give us really any confidence heading into the final series? I'm Josh Parrish, alongside Rudy Edsel, Buds, and, of course, our Chief Analyst Dave, who is back in the studio, full house tonight for For Vuck's Sake. Gentlemen, welcome. Good evening, Josh. Good evening, gents. I think it was a far more engaging and interesting game than the scoreline suggested. And for a round that had quite a few dead rubbers, uh, quite a few goals. So, yeah, I think holding pattern heading into finals, but uh, certainly good to get a win, as you say. The music theme this week, gents? Uh, did we end on Thrash, Dave? Well, uh, there was a late call for uh, trance from the man of the people. Oh. Uh, no, I left it to you guys. And you but guys, I'm, I'm going to vote that down. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm with you, you on that. You ca- if you can't come up with something... In the day, it's going to Dave be trans. Dave the 2004 trans anthem. Yes, <laughs> exactly we know that. right. Um, I think Dave and I will probably end up uh, acting as a voting block on these kind of uh, <laughs> on these kind of scenarios. Oh, well, <laughs> pick something then. Yeah, well, we I said trance. We'll go tra- uh, tra- thrash. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We're having thrash. I think the the people need to pump up because this season yes. has been. You know, I, I think that display against Western Sydney Wanderers was a little bit emblematic of the season. Mm-hmm. Acceptable, maybe good enough, but not as good as we might have hoped. And I think this fans really need to get around this final against Wellington coming up this Friday because it's going to be a tough game, as we've seen on previous occasions this season. Yeah, look, it was the result that we needed and results fell our way. Uh, I don't know how you guys felt about um, playing in a derby final. I didn't want it. Um, so Perth did the solid by us, winning by the margin they needed to do. And we get Friday night lights. And if there's one thing Melbourne victory like, it's Friday night lights. So I think, I, the, I think the people do deserve a pump up. Couldn't agree more. And I had a flu shot today. Now I'm just going to pretend that it was an adrenaline shot <laughs> for the rest of this season. Because, you know, I hate bowing to some of that narrative around the A-League that it's become a bit stale and stagnant. You know, I, I don't like... Mm. Leaning into that, but um, you know the, the finals, the way they're finished, you know it was all over for the bottom sort of four teams mm-hmm. at Christmas time, and so it's been a hard slog this season. So we need something to fire us up. Mm. Well, what, nothing gets me more fired up than Sepultura's uh, seminal nineteen ninety three thrash classic Chaos AD, Dave. So if, uh, if you're listening on the podcast, you'll hear a bit of that. All right, we'll get to it. Uh, huge show to get through today. We've missed three games uh, due to last week's Easter break, so a lot to discuss here on For Vuck's Sake. Heaps coming up, so stick with us. Oh, we are alive. 
Temple Brewhouse in Brunswick East, home of the award-winning bicycle beer. Temple's amazing beer is all brewed on site in the amazing Brewhouse in Brunswick East. Their team of experienced and skilled brewers work hard to ensure that you enjoy every mouthful of delicious craft beer. It doesn't get any fresher than this. Your beer is brewed footsteps away from where you're enjoying it. The bar, restaurant and function space big enough for 100 people ensures you can enjoy a comfy experience for any occasion. Visit the team at 122 Western Street, Brunswick East and give them a follow on Insta at Temple Brewing. Thank you very much, buds. Let's start with uh, the game on the weekend. Ola Toivonen scoring the winner in the 22nd minute. One of the greatest headers we've ever seen in the A-League, let alone in a Melbourne victory shirt. I don't know about you guys, but I think James Robinson is the only one who comes close. And that's not based on the quality of the goal whatsoever. That's just on the importance and the drama of it. Yeah, I think the only other one that I can think of in recent memory has been Kenny's diving header where he was completely horizontal to, to win the game. I think that was his first goal for the club. Um, apart from that, we've been very short on headers and that one was exceptional. It's a rare occurrence in the A-League. Uh, we've talked about it a lot, diving headers uh, and things like that. But uh, just leading up to the goal, that sort of cross that Dengi fired in, you see those sorts of crosses enter the box so many times and more often than not, it just won't find a sweet spot for an attacker. But, you know, it was perfectly delivered. And then the header, nothing short of world-class, I reckon. He was still some way out when he connected. He connected with such ferocity. Uh, He could have been forgiven for thinking that it came via foot if you had just looked away at that one moment and the power when it hit the back of the net. It hit the Swede spot. Oh, Oh, zinger. Would you say uh, the cross made Tommy Deng look like a natural fullback? Yeah, that was one particular moment where uh, he looked like he was living up to the role of an attacking fullback. It's he, sorry, it's something worth discussing is uh, whether he's lo- like there long term. It's do you think Kev settled on him at right back and Storm rule play off the bench? Like, I think it's definitely the case that Kev has decided that that it is that is his preferred option. And there, right there back. were words. You've got five minutes. Yeah, you've got that five, was controversial. You've got five minutes to improve your game, I think. Our man Daniel Garb. It's amazing how much. I mean, we got that one from Garby, but it's amazing how much we can hear uh, in the A League from the touchline. That's uh, probably an indictment with the on crowds the crowds. That yeah. have dipped, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the, the seagulls were the loudest thing that you could hear at Amy Park on Friday night. It was uh, squawking like you've never heard before that night. So, yes. Is that the last time we see that cavernous I hope so. hellhole? It has to be. It has to be. Unless they... They cannot play. The, unless unless it's a Sydney Derby grand final. They can't they play there again. They cannot yeah. play there again. It's the, like they, they have so badly stuffed up this stadium stuff. Like Sydney have, aside from obviously the SCG, uh, their trips to, to Cogra and... Uh, and Leichhardt, they've looked brilliant. Phenomenal. It looked like football. The way it and should be, yeah. You go to you go to a stadium like the that, that Olympic Stadium and it's just it's everything wrong with the A League in one. And it's gotten to the point where it's literally driving Western Sydney Wanderers fans away. Mm. Imagine if they'd been playing at Campbelltown this entire time. You remember that FFA Cup match? Yeah. The yeah, Sydney Derby. Amazing. It was such a good atmosphere. I know it's a bit further. The fans from Western Sydney actually voted for Spotless Stadium. I'm sure they started to regret that after a while. After one game. A, a cursed yeah. arena. Called uh, Giant Stadium now. Yeah. Well, mm. it, it's anything but Spotless, so it's just as well they changed the name. We, we mm. all remember the, the shards of plastic and the screws and things they found on the pitch. It's just been a debacle week after week. 
at that ground. And the A-League, you know, I don't know we're rivals with Western Sydney Wanderers, but the A-League needs a healthy Western mm. Sydney Wanderers with a pumping fan base to be successful. They were the best thing about the competition when they came in. They were a breath of fresh air. And that's died off so rapidly, partially due to the FFA kind of uh, trying to clamp down on active support and all the criticism coming from, you know, News Limited and so forth. Uh, but yeah, I think that's really hurt the league as a whole. It has. I think 2018, 19, uh, we'll, we'll look back upon it as a bit of a, a year we had to have in terms of the Wanderers getting into their new stadium. It hasn't been ideal. And as you, you mentioned, the whole spotless stadium scenario, you know, if they had their time again, I'm sure they would have opted for another one. But yeah, hopefully the fans start to come back uh, in, when the new stadium arrives while well, it has arrived. Yeah, well, hopefully when they get in there, we keep beating them too because we sweeped them. <laughs> we sweeped them. And that's, that's always a good thing. They always. Uh, they they, they've they, provided no real resistance to us for a couple of seasons now, have they? No, they haven't. We've. They are actually, to us, what Adelaide used to be now. We, yeah. we, we, we are smashing them, like, remember, non-stop. Sorry, Mick. Maxi Bicis called on them. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Mick Turner, but um, you're our bunnies. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the midfield is, is is where it's been killing them the whole season. Mm. Baum Johan, when he's actually been on the park, he's just a little bit flaky, I've, I've found. He doesn't take a game by the scruff of the neck that you kind of want an attacking mid- midfielder to do sometimes. Uh, and look, in that first half, we were the architects of all the meaningful chances. In, in you know, And so there were multiple ones. So we won't go through them all. But the second half, by contrast, very sloppy. And I think a better side would have put us to the sword. Not even uh, Mr. Brand Synergy himself, Giancarlo Galafuoco, could save Western Sydney Wanderers <laughs> midfield. Uh, but I, I did think that... The assist for Deng really papered over the cracks and mm. has done yeah. for a few weeks now. I'm not convinced about him at right back. I've had so many you know, football media people tell me, oh, well, that's his future. He has to be a right back to make the national team. You know, He's got the, the raw athleticism to be able to pull it off. I like him at centre-half. I know he's only 5'9", five, 5'10", five, 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 ten ten, or so, yeah. and he doesn't get to that many aerial balls, but he complements somebody like James Donachie so well because of his recovery pace and he's quite cool on the ball there. Mm. He's really grown in that capacity ever since he went on that loan spell to PSV. So I think the defence really loses something without him there. And you, you saw with, I know it was a hospital pass for Jorg Niedermeyer when he picked up that yellow card, but you know another player, maybe Deng there, would be able to turn and run and put pressure on Bruce Kamau rather than give away you know a yellow card in the middle of the park. I agree. I, I haven't seen anything from his... Uh his game's at fullback that's looked assured or confident. I still think he's uh, he's got a long way to go. And I, I don't subscribe to this. That's all he's got in his kit bag, like in terms of his future, because I've heard that three, four times this season. Like, this is it for Dengue. This is it. He's got to be a fullback. So um, I, don't, I don't think that's the greatest thing going forward for this football club. What about Terry Antonis playing at 10 now with... Uh, Jimmy Teresi out with that hamstring injury, very much in doubt for this first week of the finals. I know you won't like that, Rudy, will you? Him at 10? Well, you, like, you like him as an 8? I, think I love better. him as an 8. I think yeah. he's great as an 8. You like him as a 10, don't you, Josh? I do, but I would prefer Honda there. And mm. I think mm. this kind of proves that Honda is maybe the architect of his position on the field rather than Kevin Musket. Because surely, you know, the logical thing is to move Honda up into the, the 10 spot have Bayana and Antonis either side of the diamond. And I've really just – I'm so confused about why Honda uh, is playing so I think so Kev, Kev picks the side, mate. Uh, but yeah. but I, I can see where you're coming from. And during the week I called for it. I was like, surely now, mm. uh, in the absence of 
Troisi. Yeah. You push Honda up into that number 10 role. And, yeah, I was pretty surprised mm. when it didn't happen. Uh, yeah, if as to whether Keske is making that call, yeah, I, I'd, I'd throw some doubt over that. But um, it's it's just got me really concerned, you know, moving forward into the finals. Like, I don't particularly think, like, Terry has that sort of goal mouth presence that you, you might want from, mm. from, a, from a guy in that position. Terry's best work... Uh, goal-wise, is always making that late Frank Lampard sort of run yeah. where he like ends, he's the last bloke into the box and, and he hits one from outside and it arrows into the bottom corner. You know, um, We did see a couple of them against Guangzhou yeah. where he, he, was, yeah. he, he was that man and he was doing those exact runs. And I agree with you yeah, 100%. That's, that's why I think he's great uh, against at, Western Sydney. Sorry. It was cleared off the line as well. Mm. Mm. That's why I think he's great at eight is because he can not only can mm. he make those runs, but also he's, he's our – I still think he's our most – uh, like sort of creative player off the ball, mm. he's able to like he can start the move and then be the second, like you know, the second or third part, and then finish it if need need be. Yeah, I think the way we play out the yeah. back, especially when you're getting like mm. say if Corey's in the team or whoever at fullback, and they get that pass off Yorg or the keeper, and then Terry's generally that one making space and running yep. off the ball, getting it, and always is moving towards goal. I think he was that. That's the thing when we lost Milligan and we got Antonis. That was the thing that changed in our in the way we moved the ball, and he was always moving towards goal. Yes, I massively agree. I think he was a huge part of the reason we won the whole thing last mm. last season. And yeah, I'd I'd much rather see it. it, it. It just feels it's looked even looking at a team sheet. It just feels so much more natural to imagine Costa at ten and Antonis playing behind him. I just I wish that this was the game to try it too. It's a it's an like a meaningless game one week out from finals against our bunnies. Why not have a crack at it? Just uh, strange to me. So rigid, such rigid thinking. It feels like Melbourne victory all the time. What about Costa Barbarousis? He's the one copying all the flack on the forums. Uh, pretty poor performance. His touch was off. And then at the end there, denying Elvis Camp Sober his first A-League goal. Should he have passed that? Absolutely. Um, and I'm only forgiving Costa on this occasion because it is Costa and his return this season. And obviously his long-term contributions to the club allow him a bit of uh, generosity there in, in, in the judgment that we'd pass. A lot of the fans... It was, it was, Unforgivable. A lot of the fans with the judgments, um, and I, I can kind of, I kind of agree with them. I thought they were being a bit harsh on Costa. I've, I've seen it the last couple of days, but his season really flourished by an unselfish act by Keske Honda, giving him that penalty mm. to um, to get off the mark and relieve the pressure, and to um, to have that portion of the season and have the season that he's had, which is probably a career best. Uh, I thought it would have been nice for him to uh, lay one off to uh, Elvis Camp Sober, who's worked his socks off, I think, for the last yeah. eight, eight, eight to ten weeks and hasn't had the reward. And uh, really it would have needs, been a nice touch. He really needs that boost. I agree. Elvis, you know, he, he's failed to trouble mm. the scorers all season. Uh, that would have been just a nice way for, her, for his confidence to be boosted. I agree Elvis needs the confidence, but I would never, ever, ever chip a striker for taking a shot one-on-one with the goalkeeper. I don't think that's ever... Like, especially a guy who scored... The goalkeeper rushed out. It was, it was a ridiculous kind of spin move. It is just, it was he's got the ball caught did, between his feet. Yeah. If, he, if he buries if he's, that, we're not having this conversation. That, no, that's, no, true. Yeah, that's true. And I think if if he hadn't made that ridiculous spin move, like if he'd just taken the shot and stuffed it up, I think that's mm. probably... Um, I think a lot of the criticism doesn't come, but the fact that he did slow the play down at that point... Where it's it, you either shoot or play in cost. Yeah, uh, in, indecision yeah. killed him in the yeah. end, uh, and you know, <laughs> thankfully it wasn't under circumstances that could have 
hurt us in any way. The game was a dead rubber. Speaking of circumstances that could hurt us, Lawrence Thomas, what's going on here? Week in, week out, we've been wondering, is there something going on behind the scenes? Is he leaving the club? Is Muskie leaving him out as a result? Or is this just a case of, you know, maybe the club's cried wolf too many times over, you know, keeping these injuries so secret and we just assume the worst on every occasion? Guangzhou, he had a big bandage on his knee. I'm kind of subscribing to the fact that he's possibly injured. Mm but you never know with our club. So they always leave room for scuttlebutt and content like this to be filled. So has anyone heard anything? Well, as a matter of fact, uh, <laughs> not, so much, tea up. Tea up. not so it's much. What a tee-up. What a tee-up. It's what Costa should have done for Elvis. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, look, um, I think that first game that LT missed was a re- reliably you know, a, an actual knock. Uh, but I've heard since that there's some other rumblings in the background to do with him lying about his weight, fudging his weigh-ins. Now, it's not so much that Kev is angered by the weight itself, but rather just the dishonesty. Should put it on the record. That's a rumour or perhaps from a good source. But, uh, look, I think uh, plays into the whole discussion about him leaving the club as well. I think... He's put a few people's noses out of joint in the coaching staff. So he's done a, a Bruno Fornaroli, effectively. Potentially, yeah. So all sort of points to him leaving at the end of the season, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think it's a certainty. I think he has to leave at the end of the season if he wants to further his career. Absolutely. I'm yeah. sorry. I, I would love him to stay, obviously. And, you know, if he leaves, you know, best of luck because he's been a fantastic player for Melbourne Victory, bided his time as a backup goalkeeper when perhaps he shouldn't have been comes into the first team, has done fantastically well, won a grand final with one of probably the most iconic Joe Master medal performance of any player in a grand final, I would I would argue. Fans love him. Fans absolutely love him. He's a hero. It's mm. it is time to go, I agree. Now uh it wasn't me, it might have been you on the uh Dave on the uh, FES Twitter account that said you'd be happy with Acton being the number one next year. Was that you? Yeah or- that that was me. Did you and see the response we got from Roddy Vargas? Yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> yeah, I you, he, said, he said, are you okay? Are you, feel, are you uh, feeling okay? <laughs> uh, look, we don't get much from Kevin Musket. Like, he, you know, he's very cryptic in, in the media. And, but he's this week again alluded to the fact that Acton is likely to keep his spot. Now, that, that's enough for me to suggest that it will happen because usually, Kev, if he says nothing, then you're – You've got to rely on a bit of guesswork or have a punt. But, yeah, it's – to me, uh, I, th- I think Acton is definitely capable of making that step up next season. Yeah. And he's following a similar uh, trail. Yeah, same. Um, I like to, the cut of his LT. Yeah. Mm, yeah, that, that uh, Roddy Vargas uh, notification really threw me. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a big fan of the show. We love Roddy. Thanks, Roddy. I'm still not used to getting FES notifications. I was like – why is Roddy Vargas chipping me? I'm like, what have I said? I've only been tweeting about <laughs> AFL. <laughs> he's a star. Love him. Love yeah, he's he's an absolute Club legend. legend. Yeah. Well, uh, Thomas Crouch has come through with a brilliant question on the Facebook Live Oi. asking, thoughts on the number of injuries this season? Feels like more than ever. Do we need to start to question our fitness coaches and the player fitness overall? Let me just do my best Anthony Creer impersonation. That will only be good for uh, those watching on Facebook Live. Anthony Creer is probably one of the best credentialed uh, fitness and conditioning people in the league. Has there been more this season? I'm not convinced that it's been any more. I think the Honda injury makes it feel... feels more expensive. Yeah. I actually... 
um, I didn't get to go to Adelaide because I was sick, but I ended up watching the game in a pub and I bumped into a so guy. So you were sick and you went to the pub anyway. Uh, it's the, the, <laughs> Fantastic. The level of drinking I did in that pub was far smaller than what I would have done in Adelaide. <laughs> I absolutely promise you. <laughs> um, but I ended up chatting to a, a guy who works as like a coaching consultant for the victory and he was saying to me that um, what the club has had this season is they consider a record level of injury for um, the club. Oh, so, I stand corrected. I did mention on this pod a couple of weeks ago that I'd had some inside mail that there had been some cost-cutting going on with and uh, some freela- uh, freelancing right. with the way that the uh, the physio and that had been handled within the club and they had, uh, they'd changed the way they'd gone about it. There'd been a restructuring and they uh, they were outsourcing a little bit and it was... Um, it was stacking up with the injuries, the soft tissue ones especially. Yeah, well, I guess I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Nothing's nah, nothing. No, look, I guess, you, you know, without seeing the, the data, you know, in front of you, you know, compared to last year, the year before and everything like that, it's hard to really make a call. It does It does feel like more key players perhaps have been missing. You know, Toivonen was missing we tr- for the we, first three games. and We train in a public park. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's a pretty nice public park. It's a very it nice a public, public park, park, but it's a public park nonetheless. Just to put this season into perspective, we finished on 50 points, which is a record haul for a third-place team. Uh, does it point to, you know, maybe th- this season being better than we thought or is it just the, the league is lopsided? The league is lopsided. The league is absolutely lopsided. The, the uh, You know, you said before that the top six have been set since Christmas. I don't think it's changed since like round six or something like that. Mm. It's the the league is, there's a massive have and have not separation. And if Melbourne Victory are finishing third, then they're probably, they probably should be finishing third with 50 points. And even in the top six itself, there's a huge disparity of the ownership of those points yeah. from the top three to the bottom three. And so, yeah, you look at Melbourne City, uh, and you uh, finished fifth, that struggled. Wellington, it's kind of weird that they've ended up in in that position, but yeah, they're going great, and they fell off after the Rudan Exodus, hundred mm, you know, percent announcement. Well, we'll get into that a little later. Uh, but <laughs> going into the Max Steel Balls of Steel votes, uh, Ola's got three votes. Man of the match, probably just for that goal, if nothing else. Acton with two, and Antonis picking up a vote. Uh, let's uh, touch on the Guangzhou home game in the Asian Champions League. Something that most fans I didn't. Didn't pay that much attention to, wouldn't have thought, given the situation in the group. But a creditable one-all draw. And Mark Bosnich had some interesting things to say at halftime uh, about the goal victory conceded. Let's have a quick listen. Well, I just want to say I've been back for 10 years now and I've seen this far too many times from all of our teams. It's it's like some type of, let's, let's just call it a habit, of having to play out from the back under any circumstances. This is not under 14s. Okay, this is the very top level, and that's what happens um, when you do it at the wrong time. You do not have... It's it's like some type of cultural cringe that we're trying to prove to everybody around the world that, you know, we're culture, we can play out from the back. Forget about it. When you're playing at the very top level... He goes on and on for a little while, but we'll leave it there. (laughs) I think you get the genuine point. I thought it was a terrible example to use, whether the wider point is correct or not. Corey Brown just needs to make a first-time pass to a man five metres away who's absolutely free and in space. If he can hit Valeri's feet, that's five Guangzhou players taken out of the game. You can turn, play it to the other side of the field. I didn't think it was a bad choice by Lawrence Thomas or Deng uh, to play it down the line and try and play out from the back under that kind of pressure because, you know, it's a risk-reward scenario. And I think that had a lot of reward 
uh, going for it, but it's just Corey Brown is Corey skills te- technically inept. <laughs> uh, I'd agree, except I do think Bozza does have a point, as you sort of allude to when you say whether the wider point is true or not. I think it is true that you know football clubs in Australia need to be a bit more adaptable to certain circumstances and not follow a prescriptive method every time. So there is some truth to that, that you know that you have to adapt to the circumstances and opt to go long sometimes uh, in certain circumstances. But, yeah, I don't think that's necessarily a problem we have at Melbourne Victory. I think he just, you know, in those moments where you've got to come up with something to say at halftime, he just pulled that thread and ran with it. Mm. Um, that's that's his job, I guess. I think Bozza is being a bit of a populist here. There's yeah. a lot of... You know, the peanut gallery tripping off on Twitter and Facebook about the national curriculum being the root of all evil. And Robbie Slater. I, I think, I mean, this is a wider conversation about youth development and so forth. I, I think it's it's all a question of implementation. I don't think the ideas are bad. And obviously, you know, there's a, a central kind of divide in Australian football between the, the Anges and, and the Arnies, I guess. I don't speak well the played. language, but I think Croatia, the, the Croatian word for populist might be Bosnich. <laughs> <laughs> It was a pretty good display uh, yeah, in that game. Mark, yes. <laughs> it was a good display in that game against Guangzhou. Jai uh, Ingham, we've said it before, we'll say it again, just loves the Asian Champions League. Where the hell have those performances been? That perform- He looked a million bucks. He actually looked like there. He they're, always looks a million bucks. He's, he's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's true. But he looked like he's a player that's on the outer and he's like, mm. it's a bit of a shop window it, tonight. Do, do, do you think it's maybe an expectation thing where it gets to like, the only time he's playing is it's like, well, just do whatever you want, boys. Express yourselves. And he just gets to play with uh, a bit of gay abandon, whereas he may be a bit more constricted if, he, if he's going to get a gig in the A-League. I think you've nailed it. Yeah. I think yeah. that he does play in that way. Like, he just has a confidence about it. Dare I say, you know, a bit of cocksure, <laughs> cocksuredness about himself. Um, oh, he's he's like half Tongan, I what think. What say, like an Islander? <laughs> Cockshaw Islander? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> he um yeah, he he's just gets on the pitch and just has a go in those games and I I feel like, you know, he was able to get forward forward of the play quite a few times and yeah, I enjoy enjoyed watching that game and there was so much outrage over the starting eleven that Kev named. I think I was the it only was person. The bench that, man. It was like I saw people going, "Oh, this is the only game I'm turning up to for the season, and it's this is a disgrace. We don't take it seriously." I'm like seventy to eighty percent normal players that you'd see in the A League. Oh, he did. He did flush out all the senior players, yeah, apart yeah. from Antonis and, and Lawrence Thomas, pretty much, and, and Deng. But, but play play the kids like, and, and you've seen. Look, I've I've watched Asian Champion League games where Jesse Macarunas looked a million bucks, <laughs> and it's it's purely. Be, and Joyingham had space the other night. He didn't have Australian fullbacks just charging at him and hacking at him and showing studs the whole time. Like there is just there's an extra bit of space and room, and there's a different style where some players just get get that chance to express themselves. And there's something to be said about some of these fringe players getting an opportunity like that because. The Asian clubs, when they come, they do their homework. Who are they going to do their homework on? Honda, Toivonen, Dreisi, Antonis. You throw in a guy like Jai Ingham, who they've never even seen, except maybe on Instagram, they don't really know what to expect. So, I, look, I, I quite liked, and if you, I quite like what Kev did, and the circumstances leading up to that, it was like three games in eight days. We put everything into trying to get second place, 
and everything into the prior Champions League games leading up to that. Those guys needed a break. Yeah. You can get in touch with the show at any time. Double nine, double four, double nine, double nine is the number to call. And Clinton from West Melbourne has done just that. Oh. Clinton, welcome to For Fuck's Sake. Hey, boys. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. On you, Clinton. Uh, Thanks, mate. West Melbourne actually is a suburb. I think possibly they, they thought I was a Western United fan, yeah. but <laughs> West Melbourne actually is a suburb. Cross my mind. <laughs> um, I actually um, – I just heard you talking about the ACL – I actually went to the away game in Guangzhou. Oh. Oh. Um, there was about 15 of us um, in the away bay um, uh, against 37,000 <laughs> very raucous Guangzhou fans. Did our, um, did our uh, Department of Foreign Affairs give you guys uh, victory shirts like the, uh, the consulate here <laughs> gives all the Guangzhou students uh, and the Chinese students shirts? <laughs> Uh, no, but the club were very good in supporting us with tickets. Uh, Perfect. P- picked them up from the team hotel. Uh, trimmers came down and, and uh, sorted things out for us. Um, there was probably about 10 um, Australians and there was also five Japanese um, in the away base, some who'd come uh, from Japan uh, uh, just for the game uh, to watch um, Honda and the boys. Yeah, so that was... That was great. Um, I expected us uh, not to win, <laughs> to be frank. Um, but it was my first uh, ACL game away in China, so um, yeah, it was it was an interesting experience. Yeah. So we've seen uh, in uh, sorry to cut you off. We've seen in countries like Japan and South Korea um, and in the, the, some of the other Asian countries that they don't get to the grounds and support. But the Chinese big clubs look like they absolutely pack their stadiums out. What was their stadium like, and what were the Guangzhou fans like at home? Um, yeah, it was, um, it was very, um, I, I must say like for, for our boys who play, um, in front of, you know, six, 7,000 in the Champions League, um, 37,000, it was, it was loud. I don't know how it came across on the broadcast, but it was just raucous. It was a cauldron in there. And when, uh, we were warned about Anderson Taliska, um, mm-hmm. Before the game, apparently he was very good in the Guangzhou derby, which was uh, the weekend before our game. Um, and yeah, he just—I um, was watching him all night, and he was um, incredible. Of course, in the first ten minutes, and it was just you know playing with us at times. Um, I was watching his movement, um, his passing. Um, look, Guangzhou were just at a different level to us, um, uh, as to be expected. Um, but you know, it was. Uh, you know, it was an ACL away trip. It was a good time. Um, the fans, I didn't have much interaction with them, to be honest. There was uh, so many police um, sort of separating us, and we got held back after the game for about 30 minutes. Um, it's like going uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've actually got photos. I've never seen so many police uh, in my life um, outside a stadium. Um, and, in fact, the entire first row of the stadium, uh, the first, the seating row around the stadium looked to be entirely security. Um, yeah, it was pretty incredible. Um, and um, I just I just had a stat um, from the weekend with uh, Toivonen's goal. Um, where do you think he ranks on the all-time leading goal scorers for the for the victory? Now, what number? Seven. Oh. Seven. Twelve. Uh, Fourteen. Nine. 
Yeah, he's 12th. He's just gone. <laughs> yes, Josh. Come on. He's just gone above FBK, and I think he's behind. Uh, oh God, I can't remember who's in 11th, but uh, Mark Milligan's in 10th. So he's 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 uh he's gone to number 12 now with that goal. Be we can get above Millsy, nice. uh, like at the end of this finals campaign. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to call up and, you know, uh, talk about the experience of watching it get absolutely Fantastic. torn to shreds in Guangzhou. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, good to get the point at home and hopefully we can get a win against uh, Daegu or Hiroshima, um, you know, just to keep a bit of pride in Asia as well. Well, Clinton, thanks so much for calling. Brilliant yeah. insight. And I think it's safe to say you've uh, won yourself a six-pack of the bicycle beer if you want it. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, you're in yeah, West great. Melbourne. You're, you're in the, uh, you, you could walk probably here. Walk you could here. Walk yeah. here, mate. We'll give you a uh, six-pack of bicycle beer, a cap, and a few pot vouchers for you and your mates to go and visit our friends at the uh, Temple Brew House in Brunswick East. Thanks for your call, brother. Cool. Thanks, guys. You're legends. I love the podcast. Thanks so much. On you, mate. Clinton calling from West Melbourne. I think yeah, it's comfortably the best call we've ever had. Fantastic. Beautiful. How good is that in a way trip at Guangzhou? I'd love that. Yeah, me too. Love that. Uh, just yeah. Good to hear the uh, Guangzhou away. You know, the ultras didn't get into any trouble. <laughs> Guangzhou <laughs> ultras. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I love that they held them back for so long. Yeah, 40,000 in the stadium getting done, getting absolutely smashed by multiples and then held back 10 minutes and... Mm-hmm. Good. That's it's that's good. brilliant. That's the dream. That's I, the dream. I think I deserve to win a six pack after guessing the Toyvan and stats. Yeah, yeah, yeah well. go and go and take one. Go and <laughs> take one. Help yourself. Well, speaking of Guangzhou, the votes for the home game: Antonis, man of the match, with three; James Donerkey with two; and Jai Ingham gets his solitary customary vote for the season. And I guess we should touch on that very disappointing Adelaide away game that Rudy, I think, thankfully Missed, skipped. Yeah. Um, my only thoughts on that: it was a goal. Michael Moroni fell over his own feet. Uh, should have got a point or one. Get stuffed, Adelaide. Well, I think we'll leave it there. Maybe the longest <laughs> mic break on the show of all time, but we'll come back with a really fantastic Honda Instagram update. He's been doing some stellar work on the platform and a look ahead to the Wellington Phoenix uh, game at Amy Park on Friday. <laughs> is a Melbourne-based studio that produces simple, clever design solutions done with a high level of care and sophistication. Specialising in brand identity, development and redevelopment, campaign art direction, typography, illustration and digital, Royal Parade offers a lot of services you'd expect from a large agency without the large agency price tag. So if you need a new club badge, billboard, corporate logo or bar menus, get in touch and find out how Royal Parade can make it happen. Mention FBS for a 10% discount on your first design project. Brand art design thinking, royalparade.com.
Thank you very much, Dave. And I, I realise I, I, I may have gonna, jumped the gun there. Yeah, I thought I was going to do it. You just, basically just took it off my foot. Ah, it's all right. Yeah. Ah, yeah. You can do the next one. Costa Barbarusis over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keisuke Honda always saves his best work for Monday night, so I'm sure he'll come up with something amazing just after we get off air. But, Buds, what has he been up to for the last two weeks? So I've got, I've got four of the best here. So he was in Brighton. Uh, I think it was yeah, last Monday night. He was in Brighton. He looked like he was in a uh, a manner of some sort, and he was dressed uh, very dapper. He was staring in a mirror, and the caption was "Man in the Mirror." It's my favourite song. Hashtag Make a Change. Oh boy, not keeping up with the news there. He then had a little video as well, where he had like his uh, little subutio. Do, do you know how to pronounce that properly? I just say subutio. Subutio. Yeah. Subutio. I'm Anglo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a. Uh, Subutio uh, table out in his apartment and he uh, was talking tactics, a lot of tactics uh, in Japanese, but it was amazing nonetheless. Um, ACL collection. This was the interesting one. and um, This was from the Guangzhou at home. And uh, Rudy, uh, the next morning, I think you made the comment, is he managing the team? <laughs> And uh, someone before was Josh, where you were saying that you think he may be uh, dictating where he plays on the pitch. I don't think that's the most ridiculous notion I've ever heard after looking at this sequence of photos because he dead set looks like he's managing the team. He gets written into his contract with that he's was part the, of the. He's at the bloody whiteboard with the texted pointing. He's giving everyone <laughs> instructions, and then I. Prove, prove it prove it that we're wrong. I think he's managing the team. Yeah. I think we need to get him a pair of playing suspenders so he can do both at the same time. Yeah. He, he, it's That was the game he was not picked for. And then he's just there, like, he's like, yeah, got like little circles and crosses, uh, like circled and stuff. Like, was, is he, you reckon, maybe. <laughs> can he be the manager when Muskie eventually leaves? How good would that be? I reckon he'd go into the job. Look, he's already managing. He's managing at a national level, so he's... <laughs> Probably more well credentialed than Kev already, unfortunately. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind it. I think he's an absolute genius, and the man lives in three thousand. So we'd be definitely seeing a revolutionary football. I think so too. And uh, he, he had a bit of a nice, he, a bit more of a somber touch on Anzac mm. Day. Uh, he's touched by the history and um, learn up about Anzac Day, and articulated that he personally feels sorry for the Japanese involvement in war on Australia. He's a great guy. Yes, fantastic bloke. We're <laughs> going to miss him so much when he leaves. Uh, Vuck Youth update: three-one loss to Eastern Lions. Not much, too much to read into there because Eastern Lions are top of the table over in the East. And our goal was scored by Jack Morton. Uh, around the A League, uh, the Jets have axed six players. A few that you might have expected, but Ronnie Vargas is gone, and so is ex Vuckman Daniel Georgievsky. I think the word on the street is that he's joining Western Sydney Wanderers, but I would love him back at the victory mm. if possible. Well, uh, Sam, uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name correctly, Uhe, U H E, asked Danny Georgievsky, released by the Jets, think he'd be worth it. I think it'd be a no brainer. His relationship with Muskie might be the sticking point. Mm. I think that's an extremely big sticking point. I do not think we'll see. Uh, Danny Georgievsky in a victory jersey while Kevin Muscat has anything to say about it. Never. Mm. Exactly that. Yes, unfortunately. And, yeah, he's going to Western Sydney. Um, I think he was born in Western Sydney, so he's going home. Anyway. Mm-hmm. And he'll suit the mentality of that club, <laughs> that fan base as well. They Absolutely, like a bit yeah. of a mongrel. I mean, so do we, of course, but, you know, Western Sydney. I still love Danny Georgievsky. Oh, I love Danny Georgievsky. Oh, I'd have him back in a heartbeat. I adore him. And, you know, he, he was a bit of a red card waiting to happen at times, but the amount of 
effort he put in on the field. The runs forward from left back. I remember that goal against maybe it was Central Coast or someone where he curled it in with his right foot oh, from outside the box. Yeah, you just don't get well. those goals from A League fullbacks, barely any fullbacks for that matter. So he's he's a class class act. Having said that, Kev might not be manager next mm. season. Yeah. Mm. So I wonder what, what his relationship there. is with uh, Ante Milicic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Benny Mackay. Yeah, if, if you listen to our episode with Benny Mackay, you'd understand. If not, go back and listen to that one because it's a ripper. Robbie Fowler has been announced as Brisbane Raw coach. Lol. Go on, Rudy. Lol. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, look, I, I've softened in my stance on it a bit. I, I took to Twitter and called it a disgrace and said it was disrespectful to the league. Um softened on that a little bit. It could be good. And You've he might... softened from that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad you have because that's a ridiculous <laughs> stance. Sorry, mate. Hey, like, wait, the, wait. Bloke, the bloke's got to start somewhere. He uh, does have to start yeah. somewhere, but but nothing the Backeries have done as the owners of Brisbane Raw have filled me with any confidence that they're doing this for any of the right reasons. I think that's a very fair stance to take. Were the Backeries in charge when Ange Postacoglu was nope. there? No. no. No, okay. Yeah, that, that is a, a pretty salient point on that. But I think when it comes to Robbie Fowler, like, yes, it's really a lot to do with the name that they've they've done this and the star power and the pulling power that he potentially might have. But to call it a disgrace, I think, yeah, I'm glad you've softened from that one, mate, because I think there's definitely opportunity for him and for Brisbane to get some success here. You know, I mean, we won't know if he's up for the job and if he's a decent manager until he gets more than a year because Wanderers are affording Babel another season. It'll be a year of rebuilding at Brisbane Raw under Robbie Fowler. And, you know, hopefully some of that global stardom that he has results in some decent quality players coming on board as well. He may even get some Liverpool Academy players. Who knows? They're... Um I, I follow Robbie uh, a lot, and I always listen to what he has to say when he says it. He has n- always kept an eye out and an ear close to the ground when it comes to the A League. He's he um he's played here. He knows the league. He doesn't think it's going. He, he's not coming here knowing that it's going to be just a, a holiday for him or a shop window. He actually wants to do work here, so uh, I can see why they're doing it. I uh, I think Brisbane Raw probably where they are as a club. Uh, Probably should have gone with something a little less experimental. But um, I think that market and that club, I think you saw Vince Rigari said it the other day too, there's just there's there's no press for them up there. It'll, it'll mm. at least get them in the murky or whatever their paper is, like the courier the mail, mail up there. Yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll get something for that club and probably help to fill that big cavernous stadium. Well, to give you an indication, we are... You know, right in the middle of the NRL and AFL seasons and football got the back page in the Courier Mail when he did arrive. So mm. that's a, that tells a story there in itself. And I think the God puns are just too irresistible <laughs> for the back page headline writers, so that's got to help. I'm not sure about the whole reputation equals high-profile signings. You know, I don't think we've seen it with Marcus Babel so far. You know, maybe they know some agents have some connections in Europe, but, you know, when they played that long ago, it's not as if they can bring in a former teammate or something. So, you know, mm. we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Why not? Gary McAllister would be a great pick. You'd <laughs> <laughs> probably still boss To be fair as well, <laughs> Robbie Fowler is a much bigger name than... Marcus Babel, I think it's True. probably fair to say. 
Uh, very true. But, you know, they played in the same team, though, is my point. And mm-hmm. it, he does know the A-League, but also it's been a while since he's been here. It's good to hear from you, Buds, that he's kept an eye out. Again, we say the A-League needs a strong Western Sydney. It probably needs a strong Brisbane mm. as well. It's been pretty depressing to see the crowds dropping off so far at Suncorp. And, you know, it's going beyond just day-to-day, week-to-week rivalry, but it's also mm. like the the existence of the competition and its health because we've seen the ratings drop this season so sharply. You just hope the best for some of these these clubs can get actually back into some sort of respectability and contention because this season has been so lopsided. Mm. Agree. And it's just, just you know, when you, when, even the casual channel flicker that spends five minutes on the A-League, if, if, if they're looking at like a half-full stadium or at least the, the camera is showing that there's a lot of people there, it might, might keep eyes on it just for that little bit longer. I think a Ken Ilso marquee signing would do the trick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we can't leave Brisbane Raw without talking about the potential victory player for next season, Eric Botiak, and his penalty. <laughs> <laughs> what? what uh, the fluffed what? Panenka or one of the most amazing penalties you've ever seen? He's tried to claim it was deliberate. He is 100% lying. <laughs> there is no way he'd deliberately do that. No way. I think there's an element of he was trying to fake the goalkeeper left and go right. It was probably a chip he was going for, though, and I think he has missed it. He's tried to fake the goalkeeper. He has faked the goalkeeper. The actual connection on the penalty is absolutely shocking, and it's gone in (laughs) anyway, but his body shape, the way he approached it, managed to fall. It was a pretty bad piece of goalkeeping, I suppose, to be committed so early. Buck fans, if you haven't seen it, get on the the A-League website because this is – really worth seeing. It's it kind of thing that goes gangbusters in yeah, it's England when they see it. It, it, it did. It, it's, uh, you know, like a couple of days after the Robbie Fowler stuff, uh, it, Brisbane were viral again for a different reason. <laughs> we nearly had a, a Liam Reddy blooper for the ages the other night as well. I don't know if you saw his miscontrol near the goal line. He, mm. he always has one or two He's good for season. one, yeah. <laughs> Maybe you're saving it for the finals. We'll have to wait. Ooh, let's hope so. Can't wait the grand final. <laughs> uh, on that, we'll take a break before we look ahead to our blockbuster game against the Knicks. Mark Redan coming to Melbourne once again. Can he outcoach Musket once again? Located in Tullamarine, uh, sorry, located in Tullamarine, Ambrosia specialises in weddings, functions, and corporate events. Ambrosia also offers floral workshops, which make great gift ideas. Book a consultation for your next event by calling Leanne on nine double three eight three six zero nine, or you can contact her online at ambrosiafloraldesigns.com. Mention FBS to receive a discount off your next booking. 
You've I'm, rattled I'm him, I'm blaming you for that, Dave. <laughs> you used yeah. to know that off by heart. I did, I did, yeah. That was your claim to fame. <laughs> when we first met Rudy, he came up to us in the South End and rattled off the Ambrosia script, <laughs> unprompted with no notes. So. I was pretty refreshed and I said, oh, I love your podcast. Can you let me do the Ambrosia ad? And like, you serious? I'm like, yeah, yeah, not off by heart. <laughs> now I don't, yeah. Now you're finally the refreshment on. at games. Very ironic. Uh, Wellington coming up on Friday. Did they throw this game against Perth? Did they want us? The team selection suggested that perhaps it was the case. I don't know if they wanted us so much as they were resting blokes for. They were making. There's an international travel for them uh, re- mm. again either way. So it's pro- probably more to do with that, but I reckon it probably suits them a little bit to play us. Four day break after the distance derby. I do think they match up better with us than Adelaide, though. They've really struggled against Adelaide this season. They can't counterattack against them because Adelaide is so reactive as well. It's like two teams with very similar philosophies coming up against each other, whereas against Victory, Victory are going to want to have the ball, they're going to want to boss it, and that leaves space in behind. We've seen what Roy Krishna, Saprit Singh, David Williams can do this season. Three draws, mm. and I, I dare say the games at Amy, they've looked better than us in big patches of those games and Kev hasn't had a hold of Rudan and Rudan's brought that black shirt to Amy (laughs) and puffed his chest out and nailed it pretty much every time. I think the circumstances are different this time around. Obviously there's the the four-day break. It's not just a four-day break coming from Wellington. They're doing the long haul from Perth. Yes, they have rested a couple of very key players but there's also the fact that we know that Rudin's on his way out. How would that play on your mind as a player? Uh, and I'm not saying that they're not going to go out and play for him, but what I am saying is that the victory players will want this more mm. on some particular level. We're at home. This will be our biggest crowd for the season, surely, 20,000 plus. Uh, I'm very bullish about our chances uh, on Friday night. Ticket tech are making it very hard for those that want to enjoy the uh, spectacle on Friday night, apparently. Very hard. Yeah, that's like them. <laughs> Maybe we can use the this uh, as an opportunity to have Roy Krishna tour the facilities. Mm. <laughs> like, check, I don't check mind, out his new I don't surround. mind that at all because yeah. uh, if, if there's a player I want to pinch from another team at the moment, I, I love Roy. Yeah, yeah. I reckon, I reckon it's yeah, like a fair it? chance to win the... Uh, the Johnny Warren medal this season, and I think he will cause us big problems. I'm with these guys. I reckon they've. Like, I reckon Rudan has really had the the number on musket, and I think this is actually a nightmare matchup for us. I said I didn't want the City Derby final, and then I realised it was going to be uh, it was going to be Wellington. And I'm fair to say I was a big CCM and uh, Wellington fan on the weekend because I really I don't like this at all. I do think we'll win, but uh, it's uh, it's it's giving me uh, it's giving me nightmares. One thing we do not need in this game is extra time. Mm. Our schedule, having missed out on second place, is something ridiculous like eight games in 32 days. So that week off that Sydney are now basking in and Perth are basking in would have been really handy for us. Uh, And Rudin has definitely tanked for this because he has to check out some real estate in Melbourne. So I thought I may as well... Double down and do some, you know, have a look at some villas out in uh, Hopper's Crossing. I'll see, you there on, I'll see you there on Thursday, boys. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what he's done, 100%. That's an earlier flight.
<laughs> yeah, I'm worried about this. We definitely don't need penalties because Philip Curto is superb, one of the best goalkeepers to ever have come to the A-League, and he's in my team of the season for sure. And I, I am a little bit worried by the form of Max Burgess, who no one would have... It wasn't on anyone's radar at the start of the season, but he's really come into form now, playing further forward. I do think you can exploit them on the left uh, because they're playing David Williams there. Uh, Louis Fenton is injured, so they're playing one of their more attacking players as a wing-back. And I think that leaves them a little bit vulnerable on that side when they come forward. So that would be the, the side I would be exploiting if I were Musket. Maybe you move Costa towards that left wing or, or even Cam Sober's impact off the bench could be really sorely felt. Mm. Yeah, we definitely need impact players. I can't see this uh, being a walk in the park for us. No. I, uh, I think there's going to be some squeaky bum time in this game. Oh. I uh, I actually, my my initial gut feeling is it's going to penalties. Oh. Extra time of penalties. Ooh. I think it's going to be a 2-2 draw, a bit of a Desmond. If it goes to penalties... So you you were saying before, Dave, uh, Matt Acton's like to keep his spot. So it goes to penalties, and we've got to sub up our sleeve. Do we see Laurie come on? <laughs> Do, Do we the see old, the, the... Uh, Schwarzer Kallitz yeah. maneuver? Uh, no, surely, no, surely you can't, can't be we'll playing never do that. funny buggers with keepers in. Like, I mean, I I understand that Kev might, uh, sorry, Laurie might have annoyed some guys and stuff, but surely you just play your best keeper in a final, don't you? Surely. Yes, but. Kev is Kev, mm. and Kev gonna Kev. Uh, yeah, he's a stubborn he's man. Always gonna Kev, uh, and he does what he wants. And look, if 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 Laurie is on the outer, then we're gonna see Matty Acton between the sticks. And look, I think we're gonna win this one. I really mm. don't want extra time or penalties. I've got to get up really early on Saturday, and <laughs> got a lot of stuff to do. So I don't I, I don't need that. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, two one for the Vark. It's the game that should never have happened. It's the game we should have been able to sit out this season. So many missed opportunities, so many mistakes being made, costly injuries, you name it. it it's all, you know, gone a little pear-shaped from where we expected at the start of the season, looking at this as the, you know, potentially the greatest Melbourne victory squad of all time. Having said that, I do think we're going through, but I think it's going to be tight. I think it's going to be a thriller. I'm going 3-2 to the buck. If we, when we win, okay, we're going to be playing Sydney away. We get rewarded with Sydney away the next week. I said at the start of the show, hopefully we never have to play at that hellhole again. Is uh, it going to be at that hellhole? I don't <laughs> believe so. Surely it'd be at the SCG, I reckon. Oh, don't say that. <sighs> no, no, no. It's, a, today. It's, it's, it's already listed in the uh, fixture. It's oh, at, of course um, it would be. Yeah. At Cogra? It's at... Nostrata uh, Jubilee Oval. Yeah, Jubilee, Jubilee Oval. Yeah. Cool. All right, that's great. That's great. Yeah, that, that would be a great away trip as well. That that stadium. That would be outstanding. That's uh, the that's uh, was the one year anniversary yesterday of the the uh, the Terry Antonis. Yes. Ford Lawnley. Yeah. Can Steve he do it again? Or, I think. Yeah. I, no I reckon, right to get through there. Mm, I reckon we're going to win two one. Hopefully, 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 in normal time, please. Please, please, please. Well, we'll leave it there, fellas. Huge game coming up this Friday. Make sure you get down to Amy Park, no matter what Ticker Tech makes you go through to get there. And as always, Mon the fuck. Mon. Mon.